You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The eyes of the world, the eyes of the populations of the world are on you and we have your numbers. That lingering central please remain and we'll see what comes next. We need to make sure that what sits there on a piece of paper is actually going to turn into tangible, actionable projects on the ground that are going to make a difference to people's lives. Hello, you're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Caroline Hepker. Good afternoon, I'm Ewan Potts. One rule for them, new rules for the rest of us. That was the headline on the Daily Mail this morning. It sums up some of the anger felt after the government triggered Plan B, telling people to work from home and bringing in COVID passports for large venues. That was after the Prime Minister apologised for a video showing his aides laughing about an alleged Christmas party. The timing of the restrictions have been called a distraction by some. Well, the health secretary this morning has been defending the decision. Sajid Javid says that it will buy time against the Omicron variant amid a credible risk of a crisis in the NHS. But of course, Boris Johnson's plan B to curb the spread of Omicron does come at a cost to the economy. Bloomberg Economics predicts that the price tag could be as high as £2 billion a month. And so the restrictions have prompted business groups to call for more government support. Yeah, Ruby McGregor-Smith, president of the British Chambers of Commerce, spoke to us earlier on Bloomberg Radio about how frustrated businesses are. Being on the government for months to set out its contingency plans and tell us what support business would get if there were going to be more restrictions. Because we've only just started to come out and have restrictions eased over the summer and businesses were beginning to see some recovery. This completely knocks them back and we've seen no support offered at all so far. Well, the TUC says that the furlough programme should be revived and the CBI says firms need help implementing COVID passports. Mm, So that on the developments today. Well, yesterday also marked exactly one year since the UK administered the world's very first COVID vaccination. Since 90-year-old Margaret Keenan received her jab at University Hospital in Coventry, almost 120 million doses have been delivered around the country. But with the Omicron variant spreading rapidly, how is the booster campaign going? Let's discuss that now with Leila Hambeck. She is Chief Executive of the Association of independent multiple pharmacies. Leila, thanks uh, so much for joining us on the show. We're now, um, we've now delivered 21 million third doses. Is that roughly where we, sh- where we should be? H- how is the programme going? Um, um, good morning and, and thank you for having me on, on your show. The, um, the, the, the booster programme is um, obviously being delivered um, through community pharmacies. There are around 1,400 at the moment who are delivering this, but um, as we've heard uh, during the past 
uh, few weeks, most pharmacies are going to be involved in, in, in delivering that. So, so far, through those 1,400 1, pharmacies, we've had nearly 16 million doses delivered, which is an outstanding um, number when, when you think about, um, you know, that, that you know, uh, how much community pharmacies have, um, have gone over and beyond during the, during the pandemic. Um, we must also not forget that the business, as usual, is also there for healthcare professionals um, as well, like doctors and pharmacists that we need to be doing on top of um, the booster jabs and, and COVID jabs in general. So in my view, the uh, program has gone really, really well um, mm. in terms of like, you know, we have all come together and, and we put a lot of effort making sure that um, that people get uh, jabs in their arms. There was a bit of concern, though, um, because of Saturday to Saturday, the numbers seemed to be going down last week. And so there was a bit of worry that actually the rollout, rather than speeding up, which is what the government wanted, it was sort of slowing down. How important um, are your members in, in the rollout? Are they actually ramping up in the way that the government would want? The, the thing with community pharmacy is that we are very accessible in, in communities. And one thing that we have seen, um, in, particularly as more pharmacies are coming on the programme delivering boosters, is that um, when patients come in the pharmacy, for example, for their normal, uh, you know, get, getting a healthcare service or, or, or for their prescriptions, um, and they see that the, 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 the booster job programme is going on, um, when they're asked, have you had your booster job? The patient says, oh, no, I haven't even had my first job yet. So at that point, the pharmacist is able to uh, put them on the first dose of the vaccine. Um, so we've identified many patients that have not had the first jab um, by, you know, having pharmacists enrolled in this in this program. Oh, that's interesting. So I, I assume that people would need to book in via the central booking service. So you, you can just walk into your pharmacy and, and, and get, a, get a vaccine. Is that right? No, what you can do is like, in this case, what's happening is that when, when those patients see that the booster program is going on and they're asked, have you had your booster, um, you, know, they, you know, and they say they haven't, then they are referred into the national booking system. Um, so um, it is very difficult to just get people there and jabbed right then and then because it has to go through the system. We get a certain number of supplies coming in uh, because the government are in, in control of the supply of, of, of the vaccine. Mm. So we have to make sure that people go through the national booking system in order for us to manage this. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that accessibility that community pharmacy brings um, actually has um, led to more people wanting to be vaccinated. Okay. Do you have all the supply then that you need, your members that is? Uh, are they getting um, enough of a slice of this pie, I suppose, because for you, for you guys it's also a business? Um, well, for us, well, in, in a way, you know, we've put a lot of uh, time, effort and resources into this. You can imagine in terms of like all the equipment that's required, you know, um, turning the pharmacy into a, in, in, into, uh, a, a place where you can have, we can observe the 15 minute observation after you get the job or social mm-hmm. distancing and all that. So a lot of uh, time and effort and, and, uh, and uh, funds have gone into, into doing that. But um, from, from, from our perspective, you know, we're very, very willing and, um, you know, wanting to be involved and, 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 and doing this. Uh, in terms of like the supply, um, the government has, has said that they've purchased, um, you know, uh, enough vaccines to see us through. Um, however, I'm still getting some reports from certain parts of the country that uh, while pharmacists want to book, for example, over the weekend, the supply is not always consistent. So um, we need to make sure that the government 
keeps the supply coming in and is, and it's consistent. Um, if we are asked to do all those out of hours and and uh, you know boost the, you know deliver booster jobs to as many people as possible, we kind of need to have those supplies coming in regularly so that we don't have to chase them because that's another thing putting you know red tape and regulatory burden on us um, having to use our time chasing around. So some inconsistencies with the supply of vaccines. What about other problems that your members are reporting? Are you finding the booking system is 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 working okay? Um, the booking system in general uh, works fine. There are times when you know things you know go go wrong a little bit and and so on. But generally, um, the booking system has been has been going well. Um, the the thing that really makes us um, uh, worried in terms of like the targets that the government has put in is very much around um, the you know their refusal to um, cut down the red tape for pharmacists. So we've got loads of um, you know tick box exercises that we need to be doing and uh, unnecessary deadlines we need to be achieving for various different things that we don't really need to prioritize uh, at this stage to get on with this. Um, but they're not really moving forward with that. And that is concerning, considering that they want us to do this massive task. Okay. Um, Also, uh, of course, community pharmacies deliver um, flu jabs as well, uh, something that your members are involved in. How is that going? I mean, yesterday when I went to get my booster jab, actually, I was offered the flu jab at the same time, which I thought was quite interesting. Are you... Are you doing that? How uh, how is the take up of the flu jab too amongst uh, amongst people that you deal with? Oh, Caroline, it's been going really, really well. The flu uh, the flu jab, um, as you said, it's a good thing that people can have both at the same time. Um, and um, so far this year, we have broken all sorts of records. Um, I mean, this year as well, um, the those fifty plus are also eligible to get it on the NHS. Um, so that has increased the number of people who are eligible to get. And so, um, you know, we've already in, in October, you know, we broke the records last year. Um, and this continues going up, which is good because people are aware of the importance of, of getting the flu jab this season, considering that we've got COVID um, around as well. So um, it, it's going well. And what about if... Um tough restrictions uh, come in if, if there's a lockdown do you, do you worry that fewer people will, will come in and, and and get their jabs come in and get their their third doses um well from a community pharmacy perspective high street pharmacists we've been open throughout the pandemic even when lockdowns come in we have kept our doors open and, and seen patients and so um we are hoping that it's not going to affect the take up of vaccines and people continue coming in to get their boosters because it's it's very important that, particularly now with the new variant being around, that people get that protection, uh, both for their COVID and, uh, and also their, their flu um, vaccination. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. 
Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Well, let's take a look at what else is making news in the world of politics today. The Conservative Party has been fined £17,800 over Boris Johnson's Downing Street flat refurbishment. The Electoral Commission says the party failed to accurately report a donation that paid for it. Over £52,000 was given to the party by Lord Brownlow for the work initially paid for by the Cabinet Office. The Commission also said the party failed to keep a proper counting record around the donation. And I mentioned this briefly, but the Prime Minister and his wife, Carrie, have announced the birth of their second child today. A statement on the issue reading, the Prime Minister and Mrs Johnson are delighted to announce the birth of a healthy baby girl. At a London hospital earlier today, both mother and daughter are doing very well. The couple, of course, married in May just this year. They have a son, Wilfred, who was born in April 2020. And house prices kept climbing through November as a drought of new listings drove competition between buyers. The Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors expects the trends to continue across the country with rents also likely to rise. Demand continues to be fuelled by city dwellers seeking more spacious properties. It's a trend that's likely to be reinforced as more people work from home due to the emergence of a new strain of coronavirus. So, Plan B, Omicron, Christmas parties and a baby to boot. Joining us now is Andy McDonald, the Labour MP for Middlesbrough. I, I joked, Andy, that, that the news is coming so swiftly our heads are spinning. Do you think that the government was right to move to Plan B? This is the serious nub of the issue. Do you think that the timing is suspect? What can we do? We've got to rely upon the scientific evidence that is filtered through government for us. And we're in this dilemma of having politicians that we don't trust or don't believe, uh, but standing behind them are scientists who we've got to have faith in. They've got to be telling us straight. But it's the politicians who are interpreting this information. Um, and I think there's a, a matter of caution We've simply, we were right to support the government in its uh, new restrictions and we'll so vote next week. But I, I, I don't um, deny that there's an element of real doubt in my mind as to uh, the veracity of some of this decision making, simply because of the people who are making it. Uh, but the science of it seems to be well founded. And, and for example, we've been calling for uh, face coverings to be sustained for some considerable time. But it seems the party of government have been resisting that for, for, for long enough. So it's a, it's a balanced decision, but I think in all these circumstances, it's the right thing to do. But I, I, I get the, the import of what you're saying. The, the timing of it is curious, isn't it? I mean, it's more, and it, from their own benches, they've been accused of, accused of distraction techniques. Um, so it's all extremely yeah. uncomfortable, Caroline. So Parliament will be debating this on Tuesday. Labour have said they will support this. I presume you will as well. But a number of Conservative mm. MPs are, are quite unhappy at the proposals. Are you are you comfortable with the vaccine passports? Are you comfortable with all the all the other new rules? Uh, in the final analysis, I am. Uh, I, I'm content in voting for them. To sound comfortable about doing things that are really quite un-British to be. Um, demanding uh, evidence from people and to be um, trespassing into the territory of 
uh, mandatory certification. It's it's a step away from uh, mandatory uh, vaccination as well. So these are big, big issues in terms of human rights and civil liberties. So I'm not comfortable, but I'm content that the right decisions uh, are, are ultimately being made. But uh, this isn't easy. Uh, I confess that this is just not an easy thing to do. And we'll have that out again on Tuesday, I've no doubt. But the government benches are riven. There are very distinct views and mm. some of the libertarians uh, uh, on, on those benches uh, are, are absolutely livid uh, that they see this as an inhibition and obviously point to the economic downturn. This will uh, inevitably um, follow from this. So um, you can sense that Parliament is in turmoil over these over these issues at the moment. Okay, so that on plan B. What about on the alleged Christmas parties, which of course saw a resignation yesterday about something that, um, yeah, the, the government still says didn't happen. There was an apology from Boris Johnson, but not sort of an acceptance of any wrongdoing. The Met Police say that they won't investigate this alleged party because of lack of evidence. Are you happy with that? No, not at all. I mean, it's, uh, you know, Allegra Stratton, was asked a question about a, a party that we were told didn't exist, uh, didn't happen, but if anything did go ahead, it was um, uh, in accordance with the rules. It can't be both. Uh, and it's not just one party. We're now discovering that there were a number of what the paymaster general at the dispatch box has just euphemistically called gatherings. So when we go to a party, to a christening or a birthday party or a Christmas party, it isn't a party, it's a gathering. I mean, this is just... Um, uh, vacillation. People just trying to dodge the column and dodge the issue. Okay, but did Keir Starmer pin down the Prime Minister? The back and forth was rough yesterday. Did Mm. he do enough, Keir Starmer, when it came to, if if that is your view, to actually holding the Prime Minister account? Well, I think he did. I think he he exposed him um, for um, the dishonest individual that he is. Um, And people will say, well, should have gone further and asked for his resignation. Well, I've just done that in the last hour. Um, I, I've asked uh, the, the Prime Minister to do the right thing and resign because as more information emerges, and it's emerged since yesterday because of the number of parties that have taken place, at number 10 Downing Street, we know it's a place of business, but really, to, do, to take us off for idiots, you know, it isn't in his knowledge. And for people to come to the House of Commons and say, I was told... That it was okay. Well, gosh, what investigations have you uh, carried out? And the paymaster general has done the self same thing. He's just hiding behind an inquiry going to be headed uh, by the head of the civil service. We need to know which civil servants were attending these events or these gatherings because they shouldn't be anywhere near this. And that's for the Metropolitan Police. If they're going to, if the police forces of our country are going to go around arresting people in our constituencies for breaking the rules, they can damn well investigate these issues too. Everybody is is equal under the law, and that applies even to the privileged Bullingdon boys and the rest of the people inside uh, Whitehall or Westminster. They have got to be subject to the same laws of our land, and it cannot be that the police just simply say we're not in, interested. I'll writing to Cressida Dick and a complaint and asking her to investigate because they simply can't sidestep this one. If we're going to have faith in our institutions, they've got to get on with their business without fear or favour. And this is one of those such occasions. 
Do you think it's realistic to call for the Prime Minister's resignation, though? He says he doesn't know about these parties. I mean, presumably p- gatherings happen in, in a large organisation without the, the guy at the top being, being informed of it. Ewan, it was at number 10 Downing Street. Many events, not just the one. And for him to satisfy himself, I was informed that everything was okay. I'm afraid simply won't wash. He should be carrying out his own investigation, coming fully armed with the information, rather than simply hiding behind some minion who tells him, oh, everything was all right, Prime Minister, don't you worry. Everything's okay. You just get out there and tell him that that's what you've been told. Not good enough. We, we live in the real world. We know what we're... We're led to believe that one of them was inside his own personal office. I don't know whether that's right or wrong. That's one of the things that's being said. But the people in this country who put up... I've just had a, somebody write to me who couldn't... You know, his mother died. They couldn't attend upon her. She died at home. They, they had 30 people limited to go to the funeral. And she was weeping. She was sending the email. And they obeyed the rules this country think that they don't apply to them and that's what really sticks in my constituents throats and and they are really hacked off by this and I think to anybody who thinks otherwise is really underestimating the sense of uh, public outrage over these events uh, yeah, there, there is that sense. And it's and it's tens of thousands of families who have lost relatives. Mm-hmm. And we must keep that in mind. Um, the thing is, the government wants us and the scientists want us to put aside, you know, all of that, you know, that they might say it's politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want us to obey these new rules. Um, mm-hmm. The government uh, also being urged to bring back furlough scheme and help for uh, employers and for workers. How much of that do you agree with and do you think that your constituents are going to comply now because that's going to be important if Omicron is worse than feared? Yes well that goes right to the heart of it and that's why people must be accountable and take responsibility because we are as a nation asking people to do things they otherwise do so if we, they're going to have trust in that decision making they've got to see leaders behave with propriety and that has not happened so that it's all the more important that people come clean and be honest about that yes it was last year and today is more important than last year because it's in front of us but these things matter and if but gonna will you obey the people, rules andy you yourself oh, will, will you obey the rules now will your constituents <sighs> well i will obey the rules if i'm going to go through the lobbies and vote for them the very least people can expect of me is to obey the rules, that's for sure. Um, but I do have my doubts. People's faith in our our critical institutions and government being at the top of them has undoubtedly been challenged by these episodes. And they'll be thinking, you know, to hell with this. They do what they like uh, and they ask me to abide by it. Why should I? I hope people don't say that because you know the, these rules are set out for good reason. It's just a shame that the government can't uh, abide by them themselves. Bloomberg Westminster. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London.
To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.